You are now listening to The Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Hello and welcome to The Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver and folks, we have a... This is this is going to be a contentious and interesting pod to say the least. Uh, along with me, uh, we this is this is a therapy session for Jets fans because for the entirety of the off season, you know, we had it going, we had it going, guys, uh, and all of a sudden, um, out of nowhere, on Wednesday, the New York Jets fired their head coach Mike McCadden. So I brought two of my good friends from Gotham Sports Network on to talk to me. Two very, very confused and and upset and angry Jets fans, along with myself, Connor Sheeran and Brandon Fitzpatrick. How we doing, boys? Uh, as good as they could be, I guess. I don't know. I mean, better than I was 24 hours ago. I'll say that. Yeah, it's That's- it's just a weird. A weird thing. It's just so weird. Everything about it is weird. Like that's all I can really say. From from when I first read the Schefter tweet up until today, like it's just like, what the hell is going on, man? We don't necessarily have a a rundown today or in a uh, any sort of pl- like set plan because what I wanted was chaos, which is what we're dealing with, boys. All right, and I wanted pure, uh, you know, not planned responses for for how you're feeling. Um, and, and my first question and, and Fitz, I want to start with you cause you don't necessarily, you don't, this is your first time on the pod, by the way. Welcome. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you, my friends. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So obviously this was announced yesterday. I don't know who had it first. So it was Schefter or Rappaport, um, or our good friend Manish, but, <laughs> but I think that I, I, I need to know your initial reaction. Uh, I, I enjoy your takes on these such, on such such things like this. And I need to know when you first saw those, those, those tweets. Yeah. I was just, I was just like the first thing I thought to myself, like I immediately had like a flashback to when the Knicks fired Phil Jackson, like a week and a half after the NBA draft. And I'm just like, this is good. The jets are, are taking a page out of the Knicks playbook. That's always good (laughs) uh, to fire your GM after you spent like $120 million and had one of the most important drafts and, you know, recent franchise history. So uh, that's all good. But it's just like everything was going so well. And like I wasn't a big fan of the Adam Gase hire, mainly because like my dad's a Dolphins fan and I have a couple of friends who are Dolphins fans and they hated him. Um, and like it's just it's just that the, they can't go like four months without doing something so incredibly dumb. Like all the good vibes that were from like the Levy on signing and, you know, the Quinn and Williams pick and, you know, free agency and getting all the guys in free agency and they all wrote it away in a matter of 20 minutes for when you see the Schefter tweet and then you see that they named Gase the interim GM and it's just like oh my god it literally took this guy what five months to successfully oust the GM like that's insane like that's nuts how do you run a franchise like that was and it then, even five months? I don't. Yeah, no, it's like three. Yeah, it's crazy. It's January. It's like yeah, it's like three and a half months. Connor, unleash. Literally, literally, 
little finger holding the knife up to Ned yeah. Stark, man. Like, it's crazy. It's you crazy. And me, I'm pretty, was it you and me that basically both tweeted the exact same thing? Yeah, literally the exact same thing. I <laughs> photoshopped their faces onto it. I just put their, like, the, the names onto each face. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's it's like, oh, my God. Adam, we should have known as soon as we saw those damn eyes, man, that there's some craziness in that guy. He was plotting. He was plotting. Connor, Connor, can you unleash? I know you got. I know you got a lot of thoughts on this. All right, so let me get it out of the way real quick. I think we can all universally agree that getting rid of McCagnan was the right move for the Jets. Yes. But everyone just also agreed that it just should have happened months ago. He should have just gone with Bulls. It's, you know, you start fresh and all that. After, you know, letting it sit, letting it sit and kind of unfortunately wading through the endless sea of garbage that is Jets Twitter takes <laughs> and stuff, you know, you see that this isn't totally uncommon for firing GMs after the draft and stuff like that, purely from a scouting perspective. You know, these guys have their plans and they do all this. And like John, it happened with John Dorsey with the Chiefs. They He got fired after, I don't know if it was the Mahomes draft, but it was after it was, that. Yeah, it was the Mahomes draft. So he, he, his well, legacy is Patrick Mahomes, but. <laughs> yeah. so now, you know. It's confirmed that Sam Darnold's going to throw 50 touchdowns this season. Exactly. Yeah, that's the that, that's what I took away from this as well. We're applying that logic. Um, so I think it would, what we can all also take from this is that our good pal, our buddy, Manish Mehta, can go straight to hell. That <laughs> is... I, I don't know if his source for everything was McCagnon or if it was Heimerdinger or whoever the hell it was, but that guy was pissed that his source just got earth. absolutely torched yesterday by when these guys got fired. And then I said, it, I, I also said in a tweet, it was like, you know, he went full Daenerys on King's Landing, just burning everything to the ground. And uh, with, I think within right at one point, just like, cause we were all, genuinely confused as well just wasn't sure why this was happening and then luckily for all of us we've all kind of come back down to earth and started to rationalize everything yeah you know, not like, to not to like uh you know overuse the game of thrones analogies and whatnot but you know i honestly when i when i when i heard this i felt like cersei and jamie dying under the rocks and cersei saying <laughs> not like this not like this because because that's what it really was. It's a perfect analogy for what we just went through as Jets fans. We were on top of the world. We were we got Le'Veon Bell. We got C.J. Mosley. We got you know Crowder's a solid signing. Darnold's in year two. Quinn and Williams fell to three. It just was all going right. You know we took down Ragal. The Giants were a joke. All right, and then all of the sudden, fucking Drogon comes out of nowhere, and. Burns down King's Landing, and I just feel like Cersei under for the and not everybody that listens to this is a Game of Thrones fan, but basically I felt like a million pounds of rubble was just falling on top of me, and I was just standing there saying, "Not like this," because yes, we wanted Mike McCagnan to be gone. All right, objectively, he has had great first rounds of draft picks. After that, he's only hit on maybe Marcus May. So I, for for me, it was just. Uh, kind of a bittersweet feeling where I was like, all right, well, you know, it's great that he's gone, but why now? Why now? Not like this. Not after he spends $130 million in, in free agency. Not after he, he does the draft. He says, yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time 
this offseason really getting into the nitty gritty of how things work. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> what were you doing for the last two years? It's Come on. Under, that's that's like the worst part when he when he spoke yesterday and and his like entire thing went just it, it just went haywire. Like listening to him talk about how he needed to really learn how everything was going, like that was just unreal to like actually hear someone who owns a, or runs a franchise say that. Like you're You've been here two years, and you just now decided that you want to learn how to run an NFL franchise. Like, what are we doing here? What right. is happening? Yeah, like, I, I, when I heard vintage Jets. When I heard that, when I heard that, he's like, yeah, you know, I spent, you know, I finally decided to spend a little bit of time figuring out this whole football thing. What are we doing here? <laughs> and so, you know, all right, let's get into this real quick. Obviously, that the comment from Christopher Johnson, you know, I, I do want to give him a little bit of credit because he could have just said nothing, but he came out and he said something, which, you know, actually I'm rescinding that credit because he was doing the best. <laughs> the, 30 seconds. That's the bare, <laughs> that's the bare minimum. That is the bare minimum. And you don't get credit for the bare minimum. You're the owner of an NFL franchise and you don't have a team without the fans. Okay. No one shows up. You don't make any money. All right, so you owe the fans and the writers and whoever is working with this team an explanation. It was a really crappy explanation. Okay, it was just not. No matter what he would have said, there's no excuse for for firing a general manager after such a massive offseason. I understand that you know Justina Anderson had a tweet from a from a rival executive or whatever, quote unquote rival. I don't know what even know what that means. Just another executive in the league saying that you know. This there is precedent for this. So they didn't mention John Dorsey, but like they mentioned the fact that you know when you do something like this because you want to see like you want to see the ins and the outs. I don't know. It was a bun- it was a load. It was a load of crap. Basically, I, I almost mm-hmm. quote tweeted it, and I was like, you know, this just isn't worth my time. Because fine, it's a fair point, but it doesn't excuse the fact that you fired the general manager after he did all the general manager work. Okay, so yeah. that was ridiculous. You brought something up, Connor. You brought up Manish. Mm. You know, our buddy. It, it's not just Manish, though. You know, pretty much every no, no, beat writer not. is 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 not cool with what just went down. Whether or not that's because that McCagan's their source or not, uh, you know, we, we'll probably never find out. But I, I think that there's something to be said. There's there's some beat writers that are handling it. All the sorry, all the beat writers are handling it similarly. But there are some who have kind of gone overboard. And I think that we need to definitely touch on the fact that what Manish is doing is, I don't think it's that right. I don't think what that guy's doing is right right now. Um, From one person who works in the industry to another, you know, I have this platform to talk about Jets football and he's a Jets beat writer. And what I think he's doing is incredibly unprofessional. Um, You know, you're paid to cover a team. You know, if you want to give your opinions, write a column. You know, I what the fans want is coverage of the team, not scorched earth takes. They watch exactly. first. They watch first take for that. Okay. You know, they watch. You good watch morning. Stephen A. The greatest watch, of all time. You watch time Stephen A. You watch. Yeah. You watch Good <laughs> exactly. Morning Football for your football t- takes. You watch. You, you know, Undisputed for, you know, for Skip Bayless. Yeah. Right. Skip. And Shannon. <laughs> so, I, like, Man- Manish can be as upset as he wants, but at the end of the day. It's not his job to be going full scorched earth. There's a difference between holding somebody accountable and, and, and doing it professionally and what he's doing. 
right? Pretty and what much. he's doing is not being professional. And trust me, you can. You, you, this is not something that I want. Like, I don't like like beating down on writers. You know, I am one myself. We're all writers. We all write. Yeah. You know, it's 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 yeah. all what we do. But what he's doing is just not professional in the slightest, and I think that just needed to be said. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think Samini's Cimini, done a good job to me, like his little like backhanded comments every now and then. Like I, yeah. I, I enjoy those, but like even Connor, the same point. Manish, Manish is just he's on a different level right now. Even Connor Hughes saying, you know, like he even prefaced one of his tweets was like, "I don't normally do this." Basically, he said, but like. You can be critical of this, and they should be writers should be critical of this. But Manish has been acting like someone just stole his his golden ticket, which you know they might they, they, they might <laughs> they essentially did <laughs> you know, and that's not how you're supposed to. I know he works for a tabloid, but I just find it really unprofessional and just kind of gives us a bad name. I mean, the worst the, the worst part about it is, is that everything he reported, especially, and then the most important thing, the Levion thing with Gase and how apparently he didn't want him uh you know which important thing to put put it in context was he didn't want him at that price yeah right that was and the thing that really pissed me off was it got that talking point got picked up by every single like outlet Bleacher Report, SB Nation all these places picked up spread like wildfire and it all comes back to like Manish, and, and that is why Jet fans hate him so much, is because, and it's not so much the fault of these other outlets. It's like they're doing it, you know, because that you know they need clicks. We're all, we all know that's what the name of the game is, and you know, and then if you look at the back page of the Daily News today, and it's you know it's his story, and it's the same thing. It's right there in the caption. It just says you know a coach that doesn't want him, and you're not providing context to that at first glance and that's super important and that's what made me probably the the angriest about it is that all these other places are just running with it off of you know Manisha's thing yeah yeah like you see the road i saw like the roto world headline and it's like jets never or like gase never wanted levy on bell and like that's just like dude that's not what it that's not the truth it said they didn't want him at the price so like do your job and and say what's actually what you're actually saying not instead of trying to get all the clicks like like you're gonna get the clicks either way because the Jets just fire their GM and everyone wants to know what's good. So like, do your job. It's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, obviously, and we can let, let's get into that because um, you know Adam Gase has been named the the acting general manager. He has already made a move. He has traded former first round draft pick, 20th overall selection in the NFL draft, Darren Lee out of Ohio State. Um, so doubly good riddance, but he was a, pretty much a bust. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a change of scenery would be helpful for him. He could be, uh, you know, a a very, uh, um, an effective weak side linebacker in the right system. Um, he's a fast, he's a fast guy who can, he has over like 240 tackles in like two or three past years. However, you know, he was not liked by teammates, uh, from what I've been reading. I don't know if you guys remember that video clip of all, the, all the Jets players at the club and Leonard Williams just picks him up and just like yeah. carries him like yeah. a full like 20 yards away and was like, shaking <laughs> him like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> right. So clearly this guy wasn't the most popular guy in the, in the locker room. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not upset that he's gone. 
I'm upset that McCagnan wasted a draft pick on him. Um, Cause this yeah. is another thing, you know, I mean, outside, it's basically, it's, we've been, we mentioned the first round, you know, it's, it's more like outside of the top six, six picks that he just can't yeah. figure out. Um, but now he's gone. And in his place is Adam Gase, who, you know, Christopher Johnson insists that this wasn't a coup. Unreal. That Gase wants Douglas to be the GM and the Jets are like almost about to hire him. Like, yeah, he's yeah, basically right. like in the door already. According Douglas to ESPN and, and what's the other guy, uh, Jeremiah. Yep. From yeah. the NFL Network, who's also Gase's buddy. Don't, like, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Yeah. And don't say that this was a coup. Like, this wasn't a coup. That's exactly what it was. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, like, so, I feel like... I tweeted, I tweeted it out um, last night, but it, the, the scene in the office um, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where Dwight is, is – it, it's the episode uh, – it's the uh, Did I Stutter episode where Dwight basically like bullies Andy into selling him the car and then he does the same thing trying to get Michael to give him complete power in the office. It, that's the exact – he's like, three, two, one, give it to me. Do it. Give me control. And that was just immediately what I thought of thinking Perfect. about this situation because, you know – Gase had this sort of player personnel control in Miami. And when we hired him, when the Jets hired him, I, I don't remember who asked him, but he was asked, you know, do you have any desire for control over player personnel? And he straight up told the camera and told the reporters, no, I do not have any desire for player personnel control, which was just a straight up lie. If he didn't, all right. Let's just say he has the benefit of the doubt, which he did until he d- didn't. But he, he did at one point have the benefit of the doubt. So say he still had the benefit of the doubt. And <clears throat> yesterday happens. He gets named interim general manager. And he does nothing. Darren Lee's still on the roster right now. Then you'd maybe have an argument in a couple of days, weeks maybe. Be like, wow, all right, this guy hasn't done anything as GM. Like, guess he just didn't want the job like they're just kind of holding it's, it's a, we're in a holding pattern until we get a general manager to make these decisions no this guy went right at it he already had his plan right he went and was like yeah darren sorry you know the, the kansas city called back they were like oh so you're the gm now well how about a sixth rounder would that do because mccagden wanted a fifth rounder which you know god bless him that's you know it's that's a better that'd be better than a six uh six six rounder so obviously McCagnan has control now, and he's, uh, he's not holding back. He clearly enjoys being in this situation. Um, and I, I can't wait until they can, the reporters can get him on the phone and Manish can just absolutely scream at him and we can try and get that recording and you know just replay oh, it man. over and over again. That would be fantastic. But I'd love to hear uh, Adam Gase have to get, go under questioning because obviously Christopher Johnson was just completely full of it. Uh, what do you guys think of you know this power play that Gase put on and and his subsequent general first move as the general manager? Uh, Connor, let's start with you. All right. Well, I mean, for the first thing I want to say is that the people like I saw it was Russ Tucker tweeted out this morning that you know the Jets lost Darren Lee for a sixth round pick and he was a starting linebacker. That's not true. I mean, the Jets signed the Jets have Avery Williamson, better linebacker than Darren Lee was, and they signed C.J. Mosley. Darren Lee, he's was going to not be starting, so it's it. There, this was a relationship 
that was in the process of ending. It was just a matter of whether or not the Jets were going to find a trade partner for him. And if they didn't, he was probably going to be gone. Or, or he was he would make the roster and just just not play that much. So he so fun fact he showed up to OTAs and his name wasn't even on like the roster there like they didn't right. they didn't list. <laughs> I remember him. hearing about that. He was already out the door. They really yeah. did him dirty with the jersey reveal. They stuff. Really yeah. <laughs> this is they the guy really who like did. he was the first person to tweet about the jerseys. He was so hyped. Oh. He was like, "Yo, Jets fans, you, you don't know what's coming." He's yo. sick. Like. <laughs> Bye, Darren. <laughs> yeah, see you later, man. Hope you enjoy uh, Kansas City Red. They had his replacement, Avery Williamson, up on the stage for him. He must have been so <laughs> salty sitting at home <laughs> watching it. I just like imagining, I'm imagining like White Goodman eating the chicken at the end of dodgeball, and he's just sitting there like, <laughs> fucking Avery Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I mean, it's I this trade. It's I. I also think that this was something that it definitely could not have ju- happened within the time span of McCagnan being fired and then it getting announced. It didn't happen, and it couldn't have happened in the course of just a few hours. Right. This is something that the Chiefs and Jets have probably been at least talking about it for like. Since McCagnan was the general manager, yeah, this, this is just it's, it's, being it's, announced it's, as Gase's first move yeah, yeah. as the interim GM. They, he, they've been trying to trade Lee, you know. Exactly. But Gase was at. I mean, McCagnan was asking for a sixth or a fifth. I mean, and then, like I said, the Chiefs called as soon as he was fired, and they're like, "Hey, so how about a sixth? Does that sound good?" Exactly. Gase was <laughs> yeah. probably just happy Gase's to like, get him. He's like, "All right, I got something." Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yes, late round picks are normally whatever, but. You can put that together in a potential trade package later on down the road if you know it's it's there to be used in either capacity. So that's a great silver lining. That's a good. That's a, they got <laughs> anything for him is, is there's something to be said for that. Um, by the way, I just saw a uh, I just saw Costello to like just wrote a new article saying that Gase and Bell have talked to each other about everything. Oh, and thank they, God! Are they boys? So, well, Spoke after uh, they spoke after the firing on uh, yesterday and today, and according to his sources, the conversations have been positive. Whatever that, whatever that means. And they hey. and Bell is still expected to be at minicamp in June. So Le- Le'Veon, hey, he tweeted out today. He's positive vibes only. He wants this. He wants this relationship to work. He's exactly. willing to go to couples counseling. All right. <laughs> if you guys follow him on Instagram, but his story is just. Literally, just like a thousand clips of him. Yeah, he's he's yeah. that girl who who sends out every freaking thing they're so, doing for Friday oh, night. That I'm going to show you my not, I'm stop in the gym. That's literally all. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, his story is right now. It's just him doing it. I gym. love it. I love it. I That's can't a, wait till he catches a hundred passes this year. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait till Adam Gates scratches him in week six like he does with everybody. We're going to go with Ty Montgomery. Yeah, exactly. You know, he works, you know, he can just do it all for us. He'll play special teams, you know, and, you know, he's a yes man, though, so we're going to play him. <laughs> can't wait. Spending oh, my, first, yeah. my first round draft pick in fantasy football on Le'Veon Bell, and he's going to get scratched in week six. Oh, yeah. That, that's We're talking about Gase. Like, that's my <laughs> biggest thing with Gase is that, like, he healthy scratched, like, like legitimate skill players in Miami because they he just like didn't get along with them and like I am terrified of he's that. He's got happening big balls, you know. Like. He does. He really does. I, I, it's unreal. Like that's that was like my dad and like a friend of mine. Like when they hired Gase, like the first tweet they sent or the first text they sent to me was like, 
have fun when Robbie Anderson scratched in week seven because, like, he he yelled at him, gave some practice or something. Like, that's my biggest fear with this guy, yeah. that he's just power-hungry. Like, he is just power-hungry. He wants to do things his way, which I'm all for. But, like, at, at, at some point, it's just like this guy is just a lunatic. And and maybe the eyes are finally showing the the true inside colors because he yeah. is a he is a psycho, and you know like I we we got to we get to see obviously he coached the Dolphins so we got to see them twice a year the last couple of years. Um, I liked the whole thing with him like overachieving with the roster he had and all that. Like, give me a break, man! Like this guy had talent and just chose not to play it because they didn't get along. Like he shipped out JHIE. He healthy scratched Devontae Parker for like six weeks last year. And then the first game he plays afterwards, he catches like six passes for hundred yards at a touchdown. And it's just like, this guy's just a lunatic. Hmm. So, you know, Robbie Anderson's going to throw his helmet in practice and we're going to get like three healthy scratches in a row. Le'Veon's going to ask for one of his songs to be played during practice. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing a mixtape. We're doing it. Front to back. Oh no. <laughs> The next track coming off that album is going to be called uh, Gadam Ace. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see where that goes from there. All right. So I, I want to ask you guys something because um, I've been talking with a lot of different fans, a lot of different people. Um, obviously, I'm sure you guys have been taking a lot of crap in your group chats for just being Jets fans. Um, one of the things that was brought up to me today, though, was interesting um, because personally, I think the Jets have done a really good job this offseason. Um I think that McCagnan has, I mean, he's done an, he did an okay job this offseason. You know, he got Le'Veon Bell, he got C.J. Mosley, added Jameson Crowder, you know, re-signed Henry Anderson, traded for uh, Coleccio Semele, which everybody keeps on forgetting that they have this all-pro yeah. guard now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, the Jets are in this situation to spend this money in free agency because they've drafted so poorly. Um, but wait, we mentioned at the top of the show, we're ultimately happy that he's gone, right? We can all agree on that? Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Right. So this offseason, where do you guys stand on it? Because it's, it's kind of contradictory like to the outside looking in for Jets fans to be happy with how this offseason is gone, but also be happy that the general manager that conducted this offseason is also gone. So let's explain oh for let's, – let's try and work this out. How, how do we feel about that? Because that is definitely something that I felt conflicted with today. However, after a lot of thought, I figured out, I figured out for myself at least, uh, ultimately I'm happy with how everything has gone. I, I, can't, if I, I can't change the past, so I'm at peace with it. Obviously, I would have rather have had McKagan fired at the beginning of the offseason and then had another GM come in and do the exact same things. Maybe also sign a center. That would have been great. Yeah. You know? but, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, we're like we said, we're happy he's gone. So where do you guys stand on this? Uh, Fitz, you first. So I think that's a great way of putting it. So like the the whole thing with me is like right move, wrong time. So like like you said, if this was gonna happen, it should have happened when Todd Bowles was fired too. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I liked most of the moves McCagnan made. Like I'm a big Le'Veon fan and I think he's gonna help out Darnold a ton. Not fixing the offensive line was probably like the biggest black mark I had for it. Like, like you said, Jesse, like he didn't get a center. Um, they did trade for Osmele, Osmele, uh, God damn, I butchered that. Um, Osmele. <laughs> Osmele. There we go. Um, so like, I love that move, but yeah, like I, I liked, I still like all the signings they made really. Like, I don't think any of them are bad. 
Um, yeah, did they overpay? Sure. But when you have $125 million, like it's there for a reason. So might as well use it on someone, especially because you're paying darn old pennies for the next four years. So, and you know, I, exactly. Like, so, so like I'm a fan of the moves he made. I am not a Mike McCagnan fan by any means. Like, like you, we've talked about already, like he didn't draft that well outside of like the top six picks in the draft. So, you know, the whole thing with me is just, it's just, it's the right move at the wrong time. And it should have had, if it was going to happen, it should have happened beforehand, not a couple weeks after Christopher Johnson decided like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do this whole football thing. So <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, the moves are cool. I still think they're going to be better than people expect. I think they'll improve. Um, the offensive line is really the only thing I wish they would have upgraded more. Obviously not getting Anthony Barr sucked because he was a position of need as a pass rusher and they weren't able to finish that deal. And I, I've kind of heard on the on the radio and kind of like online that that maybe was another factor in all this, that they weren't able to close the Anthony Barr deal and that mm. like led to McCagnan being like, oh, I don't know how much I believe that no, personally. Yeah, and I, I've heard similar things where a lot uh, you know, Ian Rappaport's been reporting one of the big reasons why, you know, after spending, after two years you know, he finally decided, oh, I'm going to, you know, invest in, I'm going to invest myself in this football thing. And he realized how wishy-washy, you know, McCagnin is. That's the report out there that he was super indecisive and couldn't, and couldn't close the, the deal or deals, multiple deals that he was trying to close throughout the offseason. Um, you know, there was no reason why they couldn't have signed a center. There were a lot of them. You know, they should have had Matt Paratus. You know, that yeah, should have been, that should have yeah. been their guy. And it just, they didn't get him. And I think that definitely that plus a bunch of and the Anthony Barr thing that was do, those those two deals right there are definitely big factors in probably why he's no longer there Connor I mean I yeah I agree basically it's just all I like the moves he made for the most part like you said uh, missing on the center is probably um the most glaring thing I think from the offseason and <clears throat> obviously we all like the Quinn Williams pick with the drafts and uh, overall, I mean, obviously the rest of the later rounds of drafts, you know, you really are kind of up in the air. He's hit on maybe like after the first round, he's hit on maybe two, possibly three, you know, if you count Marcus May, right. Marcus, we know Marcus, we know Marcus May's, he can be good. He just, you know, can't stay on the field. Then you got like in the later rounds, you got, well, you got the goat punter, Lachlan Edwards and he's you know, got him in the sixth round. What was that? Like two years ago. Right. You know, right. Goat, pretty much the goat. And then you got uh, there's Jordan Jenkins and Chris Herndon, who are yeah. both obviously, though. But the, but those are you know those that's, that's three are or four anonymous. guys out of like twenty the thirty of, people. Yeah, exactly. That's so not good. he obviously obviously cannot be trusted in the draft because, and the picks that he did make in the first round that you know he has hit on, those are players that required <laughs> like you know, you know, I don't want to say not a ton of scouting, but every single team was looking at these players. Leonard Williams was generally considered to be the Quinn and Williams of that draft. It was like, you know, you don't pass on this guy. Sam right. Darnold was their guy. Jamal Adams, same thing. So it's obviously you don't trust him drafting. I've said it before that I, th- I thought he was a pretty decent trading GM. Um, so there it's been okay. But yeah, overall, like the moves, just it just feels weird doing it now. Yeah. Well, also, by the way, like we all love Jamal Adams. He's great. He's you know, turn this franchise around basically on his own. But he, like McCagnan also missed out on Mahomes and Watson, uh-huh. you know, mm. you know, so like, that's the thing. 
Um, and here's where I stand on this. And I wrote this out earlier and, you know, I'll just read it now. But you know, ultimately, I'm happy with, her, with her, where this franchise is heading. This McCagden firing needed to happen. This was something that needed to happen. But when you have a promising young quarterback on a rookie deal, you can overpay for a Le'Veon Bell, a C.J. Mosley, like we mentioned before. Obviously, Max sucked at drafting, right? But, yeah. you know, and that's why we had to spend on big on free agency. Obviously, I'd rather have Alvin Kamara and Darius Leonard over Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley because those guys are on rookie contracts. Um, but that's the position that McCagnan put us in. Uh, luckily, Darnold's on a rookie deal. So that helps, um, and hopefully that can work out. But that's what happens when you draft like crap in the second to seventh rounds. You have to spend money on big free agency. So now that Max's gone, the drafting can only get better. You know, this guy, you definitely haven't forgotten, drafted Christian Hackenberg with a <laughs> real-life second-round pick. Not Madden. Man washed out no. of the American Alliance of Football and now defunct Football League. Christian Hackenberg washed out of. Ugh. Right. So like it, it, it's only going to get better. And that's where I want to transition now. Um, obviously, we're not front office experts, but we've definitely, we, we, we watch football. We know how other teams operate. And one of the teams that the Jets are trying to poach uh, an executive away from is the Philadelphia Eagles. I tweeted out that I thought that they're one of the best run teams in all of sports. One of the best front offices in all of sports. I got pushed back from a bunch of Giants fans. But that is natural. You don't say. Naturally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they had some fair points, but I think that ultimately, you know, this team has won a Super Bowl two years ago. After basically since Chip Kelly's been gone, they've been one of the best run organizations in all of sports. Um, you know, they, they've focused on analytics. They brought in Doug Peterson, who's been an excellent coach. They've been in the playoffs two of the last three years, back to back years now, uh, where they made it to pass the second round or to the second round at least. The Jets are looking to get Joe Douglas. Now, this is apparently a guy who has been vital to the Eagles' success. Um, ESPN Richmond, uh, I guess Joe Douglas played at Richmond, and that's why ESPN Richmond is the foremost expert on all things Joe Douglas. Um, right. <laughs> you know, they said that he, the deal is almost done, or it's, it's, it's happening, or something like that. He has an Adam Gase connection, right? And I feel like all these guys are going to have Adam Gase connections. Because um, the Jets have a weird reporting structure where the coach and the GM are on the same footing. Um, and they both report to Christopher Johnson, uh, which is joke. just a whole entire other podcast. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, they're, they're doing the whole lateral uh, you know, business structure where everyone's equal and we all get participation trophies. Uh, this isn't a marketing it, startup. This is a billion-dollar professional sports franchise. Right. Okay. And, <laughs> let us let us have it. Come on, Connor. Connor, you got thoughts no, on this? I don't want like lateral. I don't want everything's you know kumbaya and copacetic about. Oh, we all report to the one person. and Everyone's on your unequal footing. No, don't give me that. Give me. I don't care who's the coach and who's the GM is. Give me a Super Bowl. Give me Super Bowl. I don't care. I don't care who it is. No one, they you, win, just get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. At just this point, there. just get there. Like, you know, you know give, who, me, give, give me the playoffs. Like, give me something. You, like, know, you know who could help with that? Gary V. You, you have some Gary sway with v. him, right? Don't you, Connor? I do. It. I, I now sit out right outside his office. Yeah. You should just knock yeah. on his door tomorrow and be like, hey, 
Yo, take Bear my Man. franchise. <laughs> we we need you really bad. What do you think I'm trying to do? I'm trying to make it help make yeah, him he's, uh, he's some slowly money. Waited, he, Connor slowly made his way across the cubicle, the the cubicle forest Just in his office, and has made his sliding way. Sliding my chair closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we are not happy with how things have laid out the last couple of years, but we are also very happy with how things have laid out in the last couple of years. You know. Um, They've built a solid foundation with blue chip talent on every aspect of this defense. On every level, there is a blue chip player. Um, hopefully, the, the defensive back is more than just Jamal Adams this year, and Tremaine Johnson can live up to the contract that they gave him. Um, offense, we have a quarterback, hopefully, fingers crossed, knocking on all the wood. Right, Really hoping that it works out because he looked great at the end of the season. We've got the star running back. You got some promising young wide receivers. You got an improved offensive line, a really nice young tight end, and an offensive head coach who the Jets haven't had since Richie Kotite. All right. All right. So, <laughs> last one, he was great. He was a great head coach. <laughs> McCagnon's gone. The Jets are once again a laughing stock. Feels like all is right in the world. Yeah. You know, I could say that. Is. Let me get some final thoughts before we before we wrap this up from each of you, Connor. I want to get your final thoughts first. Just it's unleash. not I, like most things when it comes to professional sports. All this controversy and talking and tweeting and all of that it goes away if you win. It goes away if you win. So they, the Jets got rid of the GM. This whole thing will blow over to some degree by the time minicamp rolls around. Le'Veon shows up, and we're okay. The Jets go out there, and they obviously have a tough start to the season. They go out there, and they win a couple games. All this doesn't matter anymore. So it's completely on the team at this point how they want to you know, handle this going forward. They hire, they, uh, they hire Douglas to be the GM. Great. You know, by all accounts, he seems to be a pretty good front office guy if the all these Eagle fans don't want him to leave. So, great. So, it's completely in the Jets, you know, they have the ball. It's now time for them to, you know, make things right and talk us off the ledge. But we've all been in this position before, and they consistently let us down. So, hopefully this year's different because we have, we have some reason to be hopeful. We have, we have hope. We have hope. <laughs> the most dangerous word there is. Dangerous words. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, I, I just have like a couple points. So so one, I actually off the Douglas stuff, I had one of my one of like my best friends is a Eagles fan, diehard Eagles fan. <clears throat> and when he first saw the Gase news, the first thing he texted me was, Wow, this kind of feels a lot like what happened with Chip Kelly and the Eagles. So I was like, Oh no. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, um Jesus. And then, oh, it, then it turned out to the, – we started talking about Douglas. He said he's a big fan of Douglas, so I like that. Um, number two, we spent way too many – or I spent at least too many months getting my Giants jokes off, and that came back to bite me in the ass yesterday. Um, way too many jokes about the Giants and Dave Gettleman. So those are gone for the next few months. Uh, number three, I am still very confident about the team just because – they still have Sam Darnold, and he looked great at the end of the season. They have some good offensive pieces with an offensive coach. So, like, that's a step in the right direction from the last couple of years. The defense has the blue chippers, and I, I am a huge, huge C.J. Mosley fan. So I think he's going to be great with them. 
uh, especially just like helping some of the younger guys too. Um, Jamal Adams is a dog. He's fucking awesome. I love watching him play. Uh, to me, this is all now. It's all on Adam Gase. It's all on you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like if if this team sinks, it's on you. If it succeeds, you get paint man and can pump up your tires even more. So like <laughs> so like that's that's like where I'm at. I think it's this is this is Adam Gase's team now. So whatever happens, it's on you. So. Well, we're going to find out real quick if the Miami stuff was a fluke or if you really are just a power-hungry psychopath. So that's where I'm at. Adam Gase was a dolphin, and the water is nice and clean in Miami, and it's it's nice and easy to swim. (laughs) And, you know, he struggled a little bit, and, you know, he landed on his feet. He swam his way up the Atlantic coast and made his – found himself in the Hudson River. Well – the Hudson River is a little bit different than South Beach. And if he doesn't swim, he's going to burn into like an acidy like mush and never be heard from again. They're going to find things, his body at the bottom of the Hudson River. As, exactly as all things do, as all things do happen <laughs> to in the Hudson River. All right. So there's my awful water dolphin <laughs> analogy. But the point still stands. Okay. The fact of the matter is, Fitz, you are 100% right. It is all on Adam Gase now. It is all on him to, to, to swim. <laughs> That's all he has to do. He has to win eight, maybe nine games in his first season. This is, he has a last-place schedule. He's got a ton of new talent to work with. There is absolutely no excuse. There's no excuse now. He had a built-in excuse before, before McCagnan was gone. McCagnan was the next one to go. You know, if McCagnan's still here, at least he has like somebody that he can be like, it's not my fault. This is the guy who signed everybody. Yeah, right? exactly. This, this, now, this is the team you gave me. Yeah, now <clears throat> it's all on you, bro. It's all on you, bro. <laughs> this is it. This is every single thing. Yeah. You got he, what you wanted. He cut so. his, he cut his <laughs> shelf life. He cut his shelf life down. You know, he, this is, he bet on himself. And I, yep. I kind of like that. You know, I like that competitiveness and I like that mentality that he's betting on himself to succeed. Because at the end of the day, we love the Jets and this guy's new to the Jets. But like, it's not like he wants the Jets to fail. You know, yeah. you know it, it's, it's very similar to politics where, you know, you may not like the guy that's in charge, but, you know, you kind of have to root for him to succeed because he's in charge. And yeah. he's running th- something that you care about a lot. All right. And you can take that however you'd like. But the point, the point, is, the point is, you know, he's the guy in charge, and he he come, kind of comes off like a scumbag right now after last week saying, oh, you know, frankly, it pisses me off that someone would would bring that stuff up because you know me and you know we talk a lot. We you know that's our job. That's our job. You know you know what your job is now to win football games, Adam. All right, because you got rid of your safety blanket, so. Here's to him figuring it out and not making us miserable from September to December this fall uh, because God knows we need it. Uh, so badly. So he badly. He could really use it. It's been yeah, a give me a better record than the Giants, please. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. I, I think a better record than the Jets, I will lose my mind. I <sighs> think we should be good on that front, guys. But, I mean, at the end of the like, – you never know with this team. <laughs> really don't. That's the scary part. I'm already, you know what I'm already picturing because I'm just, my mind is so sick and jaded because oh, of this stupid team. Oh, please that, lay it on us. 
a guy, guy, all these giant fans that, you know, they turned on Eli and really, you know, they just don't want him there anymore, that their dream comes true. And he, the giants actually sit him and Daniel Jones there, you know, the pick that no one wanted comes in. And when the Jets play the Giants this season, we get Jones versus Darnold. And Jones shows, like, absolutely shows up Sam Darnold. Stop. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to yeah. stop please, you there. Please. I'm going to stop you there because we don't need that. We don't need that spoken into existence. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. good, that's good insight into my brain. That is, that is without a doubt, the worst case scenario. They play, they play each other this year, too. Yeah. They play each other and this year. And the, oh Jets, the, the Jets are home. So yeah. it's going to be all Jets fans. And if the Giants show out and Saquon runs for 300 yards, which he very well could, even with this improved yeah. defense, because he's the greatest football player to ever live, you know, <laughs> then I'm going to get your Penn State guy. I'm going to be really <laughs> upset. We're talking. About, he's my son. Like, he, like you know, it, it kills me. He's on the Giants, but Trace McSorley didn't he get? He got drafted, right? He's a Raven. He's the best he's quarterback on the roster. Eric Dungy's <laughs> going to be starting that game against the Jets by that time of the year. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh, any man. last any last thoughts? Any last words? Oh. Manning can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the Manning family has way too much power in New York. That's it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. And with that, that is it. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Search the Jet Stream. Boys, you want to give out your socials? Yeah, it's just uh, Fitz GSN with an underscore on uh, on the old Twitter device. Uh, I am at the NJ Mick because I'm Irish and I'm from New Jersey. Love so. it. <laughs> Connor, you, you've been on this podcast enough. You don't got to explain it I have anymore. to just because, you know, sometimes the whole Mick thing can kind of get lost oh, in okay. translation. That's fair. So. That's fair. That's got to clarify. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he's as, he's as redheaded as an Irish as it comes, all right? Pretty much. All right, and... Uh, I am at jfinversports12. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter there. Again, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Boys, J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, Jets. Jets.